raindrop reflecting on the water as the sun shuts her eyes don't know why you're uncovered watch the tide rolling with the moonlight everything is silent on this wheezy you're listening to missing magnolias scarlet and michelle here we have a guest with us, Allison Wade. Welcome, Allison. Hello. Welcome. Allison is also from Louisiana, and she's. Uh, we've got like a ginger trifecta right now happening. I think we're a coven. Allison and I also went to high school together, and Allison was in the class above me, and so I, when I reached out, she actually remembered me, so that's always great. After like 10 plus years, people actually still remember each other, so that's there's oh. a name to the face still. It helps when we go to a very small high school. Allison is now living in California, completing her singer-songwriter dream. You guys should check her out on Instagram, Allison Wade Music, as well as Spotify. We've been waiting to do this case for a while now. Michelle was looped into this, and I don't think anyone... It's like a footnote, and it's kind of a hairy case. People should know about it. It should have a lasting effect. And let me just say, information about this case is super awkward. There's no icebreaker. It's super uncomfortable. And most people, sadly, are no longer with us that were involved or just flat out don't remember. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's you think you would remember this one. Or maybe it's just like a personal choice. They're like, that's just, I'm just blocking that out, putting that in a little box and just hiding that. Hiding that away. Yeah. So this case <laughs> takes us back to New Orleans in the 80s. It happened in 1983, and we have a, a case of a missing roommate and some missing dogs within that apartment complex. So sad. So sad. Elizabeth Williams was the apartment building owner, and the building was on 2619 North Robertson Street, and it's, it's kind of by St. Claude. It's the neighborhood. It's actually very near the St. Rose Cemetery. This building is no longer there. It's, I think it's been demolished. It's now like a Burger King or something. But this apartment owner was receiving complaints about one of her tenants, who was John Crowley, and he was a super weird guy. Other tenants were complaining that he was acting creepy, looking into their units, just acting strange. And he was actually the roommate of the actual tenant. His name was Earl Nolan, or actually Maurice Nolan. The newspapers kind of interchange it. But this Mr. John Crowley was the roommate of, I'm going to call him Maurice Nolan. And he had just moved in with Maurice. And around this time, a bunch of the dogs were going missing. So naturally, people are complaining to their landlord that, hey, my dog is missing and I don't know what's going on. And also you've got like this creepy guy who's not on the lease, but he's somebody's roommate and he's acting really weird. One of the tenants had reported to the newspaper that her six-month German shepherd named Sugar had gone missing, as well as Daryl Jones. His dog was named Mr. and he had also gone missing. The landlord had to call the police when one tenant had stepped foot in the apartment, had reported that a dog was skinned in the bathroom and was hanging. Super creepy. Mm -mm. I'll try to get through this. There's just so many things to like pause right here. So the skinned dog and the dog skeleton was in the bathtub. So she reports it to the police. 
because she wants this guy out of the apartment. It's like, okay, enough's enough. This guy's got to go. The police come probably to mitigate, basically kind of evicting him, getting him out of her property. And police come and for some reason they start inspecting the apartment. This was on March 24th, 1983. Police uncovered a fridge full of, wait for it, 50 pounds of meat wrapped in aluminum. It was also noted that there was oriental seasoning on the table. One of the responding police officers, his name was Herbert Theodore Jr. He reported that Crowley had told him that he was eating dog meat and that there was no other way for him to survive. Okay, so from there, SPCA is immediately called onto the scene. They bag the meat, they put it in their trucks, and they leave. This meat was brought to the coroner's office where it was determined that some of the meat was dog and that the other human, and they could gather that this human meat had a O blood type. They were unable to definitively prove that the remains belonged to Nolan. Dr. Richard Tracy, a pathologist with the coroner's office, stated that the human remains were recovered as human ribs, breastbone, kidney, spleen, shoulder blade, and a voice box. And there was some skin tissue attached to the voice box, indicated that it was male and Caucasian. Dr. Tracy also gave the opinion that the victim's age was somewhere between 30 and 50. So from there, Crowley was charged with second-degree murder. A hearing was held. It came out that Crowley had some previous mental health issues. He was a Chicago native. He's 25. He had schizophrenia. There was an incident prior where he, it looks like he maybe hijacked a public bus in New Orleans. And that got him sent off to a mental institution in Florida. And he was released and put on probation with mandated psychiatric treatment. But it was ruled that he understood the nature of what he did, and therefore he was fit to stand trial. Legally, this is kind of interesting that they didn't need to prove that the human remains belonged to Nolan. It was enough that it was human remains. It came out that Nolan was a 40-year-old white man. He was part of the army, and they had chest x-rays to help use with the remains, but they were inconclusive. It wasn't enough. The ribs remnants did show evidence of a stabbing, but they couldn't match him with his army chest x-rays. And it just gets really into the weeds of it. An anthropologist, her name was Elizabeth Watts, reportedly used a 1957 government study of the Korean War dead to determine the victim's age. If that tells you anything, they're having to go through a 1957 government study of the Korean War dead just to try to make any kind of conclusion Police had also found a dental plate on top of the fridge. It, it was never confirmed if it was Nolan's. And also in the apartment, Crowley was in possession of four social security cards, Louisiana driver's licenses from unknown people. So raises the question, were there other victims? Police officer Roy Humphrey, who was also on the scene, confirmed that Crowley had sent to tenants he didn't know what the problem was with eating dog meat because they do it all around the world and they consider it a delicacy. The other responding officer also thought that maybe Crowley had been taking dogs off the street that had been maybe just hit and was eating them. So they interviewed the tenants in the building, obviously, and they all confirmed that he was acting weird. And the last known sighting of Nolan was on March 6th on a Sunday. And mind you, the police came on March 24th. The last movement we have of Nolan is March 6th. And he stayed in contact with his family who weren't living in the state and his family testified and it was confirmed that his blood type was O. 
You know what gets me is that I, I get that it's 1983 and we are limited with the technology that we have, but you would think over the years, someone would have been like, hmm, we should probably make sure that that human meat we found in a fridge was just one human and maybe the human we think it was. Agreed. And what bothers me about this, too, is they don't even confirm by the end of it the breed of dog. So we don't even have this person that is theoretically is missing, don't have a positive identification of him. And we don't have the dogs that went missing. The police won't even confirm the breed. So we don't even know if the dog meat belonged to any of the breed of dogs that went missing for those dog owners. And that's what's in my head. Poor champion. I'm looking at him right now. He's about <laughs> 50 pounds since he spent a while at my parents' house. And found is a lot of dog meat just based on I and the dog in front of me. So it's mini dogs or like it seems like 50 pounds is a lot for even the known missing animals and humans that we have here. This was a pretty wrapped trial. I got confirmation from someone who wrote about the case back when he was a young man. And he didn't have a lot of memory of the case, but he did remember that it seemed to have wrapped pretty quickly in something like six hours. And he doesn't even think the defense attorney gave any kind of closing arguments or whatnot. So they did confirm this man guilty of the crime. And he later hanged himself with a bed sheet in prison not long after. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. And I think Harry Connick Jr.'s dad, who was a prominent attorney, also worked this case as well. So I don't know what else was happening in the 80s. It was different time, but this seems like this would have been like a running headline. It just it seemed like this case would have stuck with you a little bit. Probably. But who knows what was going on criminally back then? Like there was so much like New Orleans is such a corrupt city in the 80s. Right. They're probably worried about other things. Poor dogs. I'm like looking at my dog and she's like, as you said, your dog champion is 50 pounds. Mine's 75. And I'm just like, ooh. And even the, the way he stored the meat, I just read about it. And it was like a hunter like stores meat in the freezers like from their kills. So that's just like, oh, God. Oh, Lord. Poor dogs. Yeah, it's strange because, you know, not that there is a good motive to eat dog. I, I don't think I could come up with one. But you'd think if you were like starving. It's Louisiana. I mean, I know it's New Orleans, but like, you probably lean on nature for what you needed. But I, I just like his defense. He was just like, well, they do it in other places in the world, which is vastly true, but they don't take people's pets, steal them, <laughs> their loved ones, and then eat them <laughs> and kill their roommate. <laughs> like, there's a disconnect there, sir. <laughs> Good defense, kind of, missing the point. <laughs> and you know he's not from here because the note is it's Oriental seizing and it's not Tony Sashery. So you're going to kill your yeah. roommate and everyone's dog. At least do it right. Tabasco and Tony's. Maybe a little bit of Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? He just, again, this is why crime was, it was, I, I guess, rampant is the word I'll use at the time in the early 80s. In part because, like, you could just show up in a, in a neighborhood in this apartment complex and be like, I'm the person who lives here now. And no one sort of questioned anything. And I, from what I gathered, we don't know much about who this person was and, and what this offender might have done before he just showed up and started killing people and animals in New Orleans. Yeah, it is interesting because they said he was 25 
Yeah. I would like to know a little bit about his backstory. This that's weird. But also, like, I'm a little confused of, like, if so many people were complaining about this person's behavior, like, why didn't the landlord do something way fucking sooner? Or did he? Like, did they complain and then an immediate reaction happen? Or was there, like, a list of complaints for, like, a while before, like, the landlord actually did something? I guess we'll never know. And it's not like he was, I don't know what the lease situation, because he was a roommate of Nolan who was on the lease. She probably had grounds to evict him because he's not on the lease. Well, it's just like in the 1980s, like what I just wonder what the eviction laws were in New Orleans. It's a handshake and a pack of beer. 100% knowing how they are now. Like, actually, it takes a lot to evict someone in New Orleans now, but just like, no, like being in 1983, I can just see it as being like, I don't like you. <laughs> Get out of my house. Yeah, you would think a fridge full of dogs and human meat would have been a little bit more newsworthy. I know it was the 80s, but it's still been very hard for us to trust out a lot of content as well. They said they found, like, just one human remain or, like, several. I know you said they found the IDs of several people. I think there's one blood type. Yeah. That would be a very odd, like, killer. It's like, I want to kill all dogs and just humans with type of blood type. The police officer, one of them that was on scene, he wrote on some blog that this was like one of the worst crimes of his career. And I think he retired not long after. Most of these people are dead. I tried. I slithered into people's messages and emails and there's no way to break the ice. And it's like, hey, do you remember this story from 1980 where this guy killed his roommate and then everyone's dogs? And if you don't know that's the right person you're looking for, you either go in strong or there's no segue into that. There is no segue. Like, I run a podcast and this is what I do and I'm super fascinated. You don't remember? Cool. Oh, wait, you're not from New Orleans? Dope. <laughs> but shout out to the New Orleans Library because they gave us all the newspaper clippings. So that's where all of our information's coming from. Yeah, they're awesome. So yay, New Orleans librarians. How long from when he was caught to when he killed himself? Like, how long of time do you know how long that was? I don't. I got the sense that it was shortly following the verdict. Interesting. Yeah. What was he diagnosed with in a mental institution? This guy doesn't, I mean, he seems like sane enough to stand trial. Schizophrenia. Yeah. Schizophrenia. Okay. Are there anything of him like saying like any of his like interviews? The only thing we have him saying is dog meets a delicacy. He's like, I can justify killing the dogs. The human, no clue. <laughs> dogs are like, delicious. You eat enough dog, a human's going to flip in. It's just like nature of the beast, right? Right. But also, I'm just very interested in the oriental seasoning. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> very specific. Well, that's probably in someone's police report that they've used this in all of the press. Writing that down. Oriental yeah. seasoning. I can't read what this is. Something different. Like, I wonder if you looked up, like, I guess you couldn't. No one had personal computers. But if you tried to, like, look up recipes of, like, dog meat recipe. Dog meat keto. <laughs> I'm doing this too long. It's getting dark. <laughs> There are just so many stories of New Orleans people doing weird sort of eating things they're not supposed to eat, right? Like, this is just one of the many that we have. Reading this, I immediately thought of that couple after Katrina, boyfriend who cooked Wait, what? correctly. Yeah, that New Orleans case after Katrina, they were like, they were on the cover of some magazine because they had stayed in the first quarter during the storm. 
he just had, I think, a couple of mental breakdowns and killed her and ate her. And then, well, cooked her. We don't know for sure we ate her. Oh, my God. killed himself. I remember hearing about this. That happened a lot after Katrina, unfortunately. Thank God we were in Lafayette, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got hit with Rita a month later, but yeah. Oh, God, I forget about that. And we haven't had, like, a serious storm. No, Laura. Yeah, we had Laura. Sure, yeah. I want to have a good summary for this case, but, like, I don't know how you tie this story into a bow. You don't know how to tie this story into what? A bow. I don't know how to end it. Oh, don't eat dogs. There we go. Don't eat dogs. Caution. Don't eat dogs. Don't eat dogs. Don't kill your roommates. <laughs> and don't kill your roommate and then eat their dog. It's very rude. He must have been like the worst roommate ever. I feel like you can't hide that amount of crazy for very long. He was a chronic dish user where he used every dish in the kitchen and left it out for his dog meat. Made a lot of noise. Oh, God. I just want to, I'm so curious as to. Did they say how long he and his roommate lived together? No. The impression that I got from the, the articles is that it wasn't like they had been cohabitating a long time. Mm-hmm. It almost sounded like the disappearance occurred almost at the same time as the roommate. So, like, I wonder if he was even really a, a roommate or if he was just a that, like, yeah. the neighbor downstairs had a roommate. And also, like, what a silly, like, criminal. Like, if you're going to be a criminal, you don't, like, move in and immediately start, like, snatching dogs and killing roommates. You give it some time. You spread it out. You did do it. You don't break into a neighbor's house and scream at them. Like, it's just very rude. (laughs) You try to keep a low profile, but I guess that, I don't know. Who knows what is schizophrenia if he was hearing voices telling him to do all of this? Who knows? But it's wild because most people with schizophrenia don't commit any violent crimes. It's very interesting because that's also true. Is that just because you're schizophrenic and have mental health disorders doesn't mean like you go off the deep end? He was just a troubled person who kind of knew he was going to get caught. I think we have somebody who surely knew that they set up a situation where it would, it's not going to end well. Yeah. It's like, no, bad idea. I'm going to get caught. Might as well just go strong. But it makes me just like curious as to what type of childhood this person had. To, like, grow up in Chicago, move to New Orleans, and then just immediately start, like, as you said, you think there might be another victims. Like, was he, like, kind of, like, going down, like, basically, like, starting in Chicago, like, kind of going down the Mississippi River, like, killing and eating dogs only to find himself in New Orleans? You're doing something to pet like that. Something's going on with you. And I'm always paying attention to any commonalities that we deal with those missing pets. Just because you never know, right? If somebody has a pattern of behavior where they're torturing animals, that's definitely a concern. Isn't that like an early sign of like sociopathy or like just like lack of empathy? That's what they say. It's part of the McDonald triad, fire setting, bedwetting, and animal torture. But the McDonald triad is not valid or reliable as a tool for measuring likelihood of future offending. But one could argue, if you're doing those three things, you probably got some problems going on. Yeah, just like all three, yeah. I don't know. What is an indicator? Like a pretty strong indicator. Oh, man, that's tough to say. A lot of nonviolent crimes. Really? The best indicator of, like, future violence. And, like, early adulthood or just, like, being a kid? Yeah, teenage years and early adulthood. 
Interesting. Okay. All right. Especially for sex offenders, like the number one risk factor for being an adult sex offender is a whole bunch of crimes when you're a teenager. Because those kids are most troubled, right? And they put them in the justice system and they get abused and all that kind of stuff. So we make it harder and harder for them to be happy and then they grow up and hurt people. And then we get real confused. <laughs> oh, God. And that's why reform is important. <laughs> yes. And not eating animals. <laughs> I feel like that should be an early indicator. Abuse and or eating. Yes. <laughs> and bedwetting. <laughs> Throw that in for good measure. I just like think it's crazy that they had the larynx. Like, and you're a musician. So that's even. I know. When I, yeah. When I read that, I was like. Mm. <laughs> As a musician, do you know if that's the hardest part of the body to consume? No, I would imagine that the hardest part of the body to consume would maybe your tongue. Because your tongue is the strongest muscle. I don't even know what a larynx really looks like. I just realized how big my vocal cords were, and I was like, that's easy, small. <laughs> like, oh, God. Yeah, but I just realized, like, how tiny the, like, vocal cords are. That doesn't seem fun to eat. What did you do with the penis? I feel like this might have been, like, a trophy guy, or I don't know. We have that case of that guy who got the other dude to come over and let him eat him. And the first thing they ate was his penis, and it was tough and not good, and so they gave up. So don't start with the penis, I hear. That's not a good idea. Is there a case y'all covered? No, it's just one that I remember from <laughs> general life. Someone invited someone <laughs> over and was like, let's eat me? Yeah, he, like, solicited people to come over to be eaten. And, like, a lot of people showed up, and he let them wrap them up like meat and then mark them like pig meat. And then the ones that didn't want to be eaten, he let go. But that guy really wanted to be eaten. We'll have to come back to some of these. Unfortunately, I think we're winding down. But yeah, what a great place to end. So donate dogs and definitely donate man's penis. 